What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of Sheen's World. Thank you so much for yet again stepping back into my world, listening to what I have to say. Today, I'm going to go solo again. I didn't get a guest because I got lazy and also got caught up with other stuff. So I apologize for that. So no guests this week. Just trying to get back into the swing of things, really get consistent uh, with my with doing my show again. But other than that, thank you so much for yet again stepping into my world. Going to get right into it here. Have a few topics to talk about. Not really too much. Really just updates on what's going on with the Celtics, um, especially with the Tristan Thompson trade. Um, especially with their summer league. And we're also going to look at what is going on with the Red Sox currently because they are on the uh, downfall, it appears. And also just going to take a quick recap of how training camp is going for the Patriots. Um, Very quiet on the uh, Bruins talk end. Not really going to have a lot about that. And, of course, we got the USA men's basketball team in the finals for the Olympics. So really just going to be a quick rundown again, not really too long, um, and really just give an update to everything. But to start, to give an update on the trade that the Celtics made last week after I actually recorded, the Celtics decided to make a trade for Chris Dunn, which involved Tristan Thompson and also Bruno Fernando. So the trade... That was supposed to go through, but is not official yet, um, which is very surprising because I I don't know what is going on with this trade. It is a reported three-team deal that would send center Tristan Thompson from the Celtics to the Sacramento Kings, as well as guard Chris Dunn for Bruno Fernando and a 2023 second-round pick from the Atlanta Hawks to the Celtics. So... Of course, this trade is not yet done, but you have to assume that there is pieces being added if it's not done. So in my personal opinion, I don't know what could be added to this trade. I mean, I don't know if Marvin Bagley um, is still even available to put into a trade, but the Celtics got a good one in Chris Dunn, not going to lie. I like the Chris Dunn trade. I think adding him is great for the defensive end. Obviously, on the offensive side, he is very quiet. Um, He has flashes of what he could be on offense. Um, Really just a really quick slasher. Um, Tough to stick with. But he doesn't have really any scoring ability that is going to make him a very big part coming off the bench. What he can do, though, is play incredible defense. And he is an animal, an animal on defense and will do whatever to get that ball. Him and Marcus Smart in the backcourt defensively is going to be tough. You have those guys flying around the floor all game. They're going to be up in everyone's faces. They're going to cause at least three or four steals a game together, maybe even five. I mean, The way Marcus Smart plays defense now and the way Chris Dunn can play defense and adding that to the backcourt that the Celtics have, it's going to be great to see. And with a guy like Ime Udoka, who is really going to hold his players accountable, 
He's going to make this team play defense. He's going to make this team also play a, a lot of team basketball. One of the things that Ime did not um, enjoy from the team that Brad Stevens ran last year was that they finished about 28th or around that in, in assists per game. Ime Udoka wants those numbers brought up. He said it in his press conference, uh, his introduction press conference, that he was going to turn that around. This team is going to play team basketball. Though it seems it is the same thing from last season, where there is really no other threat besides Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and the burst that Peyton Pritchard would bring some games, well, a lot of games, actually. I think they're going to figure it out. I think May Yudoka knows what he needs to do to make this team very good. I think he knows or understands that he doesn't have a lot around him to work with currently. With the addition of Josh Richardson, though, a guy who can consistently put up 12 points per game, um, his career average is actually uh, 12.3 points per game, 3.2 total rebounds, 2.8 assists. And last season he had 12.1 points per game, 3.3 total rebounds, 2.6 assists. I mean, Richardson is going to bring solid numbers to this team. And if he is a starter, uh, a starter, he's going to be able to bring consistent scoring. Um, not the scoring that you would like to see out of one of your top scoring options, but he's going to bring scoring to this team. I mean, the most points he's ever averaged per game was when he was in my, Miami um, for his final season, and he was averaging 16 a game. And then he ended up dropping down, went to Dallas, or I'm, I'm sorry, went to Philadelphia, and those numbers dropped down to 13 points per game. And then he was in Dallas this past season, and now it's 12 points per game. So I think this guy really just needs to find himself again. Uh, being on a team with Philadelphia that had Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, um, and a couple of those other guys, um, like Seth Curry, he, he wasn't getting a lot of scoring opportunities. Um, and also the, the offense that he fit into probably wasn't the best for him. Um, and even in Dallas, I mean, where Luka Doncic is, I mean, taking a high volume of your offense, um, and it's probably the same thing there. Probably just wasn't a great fit for him. Uh, probably just wasn't comfortable there. So with the Celtics, um, on his social media, he's been posting for um, since he got traded here. Uh, he used to be, it seems like, a big fan of the of the Celtics and also a big fan of the Patriots. So a guy that is a fan of this team growing up and wants to be here now, I think that can do a lot for his numbers, and I think that can do a lot for his career. If we give this guy a legitimate shot, he could, he could be a good 15, 16-point-per-game scorer again, just like he was in his final season in Miami. I mean, guys like Jalen and Jason, again, I mean, they're going to have to find a guy within the rotation who's going to be able to be a scorer for them. They're going to need to find someone who can do more damage than what we had last year. I mean, the end of the bench guys that we were bringing to the game, like Semi Ojale, Grant Williams, um, you had Romeo Langford, who was starting to find his off offensive side more, though. He's a great defender. Um, Aaron Neesmith, who just 
needed more experience. I mean, his offense is going to come around this year, hopefully. Um, there's just guys out there who couldn't put any impact on the game. And, like, the front eight rotation that the Celtics had just wasn't enough at all. And in considering a guy like Rob Williams, who also was hurt um, and couldn't, you know, really stay not hurt, it, it's it, – the, the Jays are going to be looking for someone who can be consistent for them. And I think Josh Richardson has a great opportunity here um, with one year remaining on his contract to really go into this season and show that he's got something to give. Um, and I believe, again, with May, May Udoka and Josh Richardson go back to Philadelphia. When May was the assistant coach there, Josh Richardson was playing for him. So there's already the connection that we have there. Um, it makes you think, was May um, in Danny um, in Brad Stevens' ear to make a trade like this with a guy like Josh Richardson? So we'll see what he can do. I believe Josh Richardson has something to give for this team. It's more uh, giving this guy a chance and giving him a little bit of time to mesh well with this team. Last season, he shot 33% from three-point on four-and-a-half attempts per game, and his field goal percentage was 42% on 10-and-a-half attempts per game, uh, which both are drops from the season prior when he was in Philadelphia where he was shooting 43% from the field on 11 attempts and 34% from three on three, or my mistake, on four and a half attempts. Um, so, which is very weird. I don't know how the numbers still come out to four and a half attempts, four and a half attempts, 34% and 33%. I, I don't understand that. Very weird um, because when he was in Philadelphia, he hit one point five threes per game on four and a half attempts. And then last year he hit 1.5 threes per game on four and a half attempts, but yet the percentages come out differently. I don't know. Um, just know, <laughs> just know Josh Richardson. He has something to give for this team. It's just about giving him, giving him a chance. And he has a very, very good opportunity here uh, to prove why he deserves that chance. Um, but looking at the Celtics summer league roster, couple of young guys who also have something to give for this team. Um, an update to this summer league roster that came yesterday. Juhan Begarin, of course, who I keep but butchering his name until I hear it, has been added to the summer league team. Uh, so to start, Carson Edwards is on there. Peyton Pritchard, Yam Motter, who I am so excited to see what Yam Motter will bring to this team. Romeo Langford, Aaron Neesmith, Dedrick Lawson, and Sam Hauser, KJ Lawson, Zach August, and Eric Holman. I'm excited to see what Pritchard can do in Summer League. I mean, he's already got that NBA experience a year under his belt, and he was absolutely balling last year in his rookie year. He had absolutely great games, um, hit a rookie ball at one point, which is all which everyone expects um, out of a rookie. Um, I'm excited to see what Yam Martyr will do. I am so excited for this guy. Um, his ability, his his court vision, uh, his flashy passing. Um, he's going to bring something to the summer league team for sure. And hopefully, if he plays well, the Celtics will be able to talk to his team overseas 
and see if there's a deal that they can make to keep Yam Mater here. Um, if Brad Stevens feels as though Yam Mater needs another year um, overseas, then that's that. I mean, I know his um, team in Europe doesn't want to give him up this season. Uh, they actually had a clause, I believe, that that would force him to stay there um, and not give him the ability to come over here. So if the Celtics like what they see out of Yam Mater, I would believe they would buy him out from his team and really get him over here as quick as they can. Um, but to move on, Romeo Langford again, um, just getting more experience there um, and really giving him uh, more playing time to work on his game and his skill. Again, not really the most threatening on the offensive end, but on the defensive end, he's a stud. Um, so it's really just about bolstering his offensive side of his game and really getting him to a point where he will be a valuable piece off the bench. And that's that's what the Celtics are really looking for at this point. Um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they're going to get – Jason this year is probably going to get at least 28 points per game. And Jalen this year is probably going to get around 25 again. Those guys are going to get a load of your scoring. But after that, it's about finding players who can fit around them who are also going to be able to score. And this is why, like, the addition of Josh Richardson, I think he has a great chance to be one of those guys who can be a scorer. Uh, Aaron Neesmith, who will be in the summer league team, will be a threat in the corner and hopefully – he can open up the floor a lot more for the Jays. Um, and and that's that's really the mission for this summer is to find the that other threat, that other person, uh, not other person, that other player who has that scoring ability who can really impact the, the, the games. Um, but to move on with the summer league roster, uh, Dedrick Lawson and KJ Lawson, both brothers. One is coming from Kansas. Um, and I, I believe both were coming from Kansas, but I guess I was mistaken. Uh, let's see what these guys have to give. Sam Hauser, who's actually coming from Michigan, should be able to ball out for this team. Um, a big six, seven, six, eight guy who can shoot. Um, and hopefully he can be an end of a bench guy on the Celtics team this year. I mean, he's going to be a two-way guy. He'll be in the G League for a bit, but he'll also have the opportunity to come up and be on the main rotation. And then you got Zach August and Eric Holman. But with the addition of Johan Begarin, I'm excited to see what this guy can do because this guy was averaging 1.7 steals um, in the league that he plays in France. He's lengthy. He's lengthy and he's a guard. He's like a six, seven guard. He's got like a seven foot wingspan. He's lengthy on defense. So as you can tell from this Celtics team, there's a lot of defense and there's a lot of, there's a lot of scoring that they have to find. And with Marcus Smart, um, of course, we all know how much he impacts the game with his defensive side. He can be very inconsistent on the offensive side. But there was games last year where the guy wouldn't miss a shot. He would take like six or between six and eight threes and hit like five or six, five or six of them. Um, he was just 
unconscious in some games. And if he could translate that um, more consistently, the Celtics really won't be in a bad spot. And the ability Marcus Smart has with his passing and him being able to play the one, I honestly thought that that was the goal uh, this offseason was to have Marcus play the one. Um, and like, if he can play the one, I would love that because he doesn't play that bad at the one. Um, and he honestly plays better there than I think he does at the two because it's giving him the ball. It's giving him time to slow down the game. It's giving him time to really read the court. Whereas at the two, um, he's expected to be like a catch and shoot guy. He's expected to be a guy that is really being a distraction so the Jays can get open. But if you have Marcus Smart at the one, which he played at points last season, he plays there great. He plays there great. Won't average that many turnovers to, per game, probably just two or three. He can get you at least six or seven assists per game. And the way he facilitates, he's very good at finding the guy right at the rim. So he'll drive the lane, and then Rob Williams will be there for an easy alley-oop. He's great at that. And also, when he's consistent on offense, no one can stop him. He's just like a bucket. He goes unconscious. Like, everything he chucks up goes in. So I think if Marcus Smart can become more consistent going into what? This is going to be his eighth year now, which is incredible to think about. The Celtics are going to not be in a bad spot. I think this team has a very good chance to be at least a five or a six seed. I don't believe that they have to dip down to that eighth seed. I think they have a good chance to make a run in the East being a five seed or a six seed. Once they get to the playoffs, it's a whole new season. They just have to make sure they get the right positioning in the playoffs and they have to make sure they turn up. And Jason Tatum coming back this year, could possibly have an I think he will have an MVP season considering he's going to have to take a load of the scoring. He's going to have to really, really find a lot of open guys and improve his playmaking because he's going to have to create buckets. He's going to have to create points for his team with his playmaking. That means finding the open guy, and it's up to that open guy at that point to hit the shot. And with Jalen Brown coming back, too, who he didn't get to see in the playoffs due to his wrist, he's ready. He's ready to go. Jalen Brown has arrived, and he is going to be consistent for this team. Jalen and Jason, it's their team. It's just about filling the gaps in and finding those guys who are really going to help. And with, again, like a guy with Chris Dunn, who doesn't really have the offensive side but can really help you on defense, he's going to create scoring opportunities with his defense. Marcus Smart is going to create scoring opportunities with his defense. Romeo Langford, the same thing. Aaron Neesmith will create scoring opportunities just by the way he hustles. This team has a lot to give. It's just about filling the gaps. I don't think Brad Stevens is really done making moves yet. And with actually the addition of free agent signing Ennis Cantor, that is going to bolster this team as well. It's good to see Ennis coming back. Um, believe we signed him on a one-year deal. 
traded him last year. Funny thing is we traded him last year to get Tristan Thompson to fill that role. And now we are um, trading Tristan Thompson out to also get that gap back in order to bring back Ennis Cantor. So last year was Ennis for Tristan basically, and now it's Tristan for Ennis. Um, and that is really funny to see, but Ennis Cantor, he has a lot to give for this team. He's unreal on the offensive side for rebounding could play very well in the post. The only problem is, is when he gets that bad mismatch on the defensive side and he's too slow, he's a very big liability. So I hope that Ime figures out a way to, I guess you could say, adapt to Ennis Cantor's defensive liability and his pace because he is very good. He brings a lot to his teams. But when it's on the defensive side and he has a quicker guy or he has a big guy who can move a lot more smoothly, um, it's going to be a defensive liability for the Celtics. And Ennis Cantor, that was the big thing about him, um, not this past season, but the season before when he was here. I, I couldn't stand that. He just couldn't he couldn't stick with anyone. He's too slow on the defensive side. So I'm really hoping that they can figure out a way to adapt adapt to that. Uh, but to move on from the Celtics, got to talk about the Red Sox for a little bit. And they are in a very poor slump right now. Um, in their last 10 games, they're three and seven. I don't know what is going on with the Red Sox right now. The lack of trades that they made at the deadline is really going to come back to hurt them now. Um, I originally thought that they would be fine. I was clearly wrong um, because they need another arm like Martin Perez, Gar Garrett Richards. Those guys are doing absolutely jack for their team. Um, it seems as though Martin Perez is honestly going to be done. Uh, but with the addition of Schwarber, like I love the Schwarber addition, but that's not going to be enough for this team, especially for a guy who is going to have to learn to play first base when he is usually an outfielder. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think this team, they had a really good start to this first half of the season. And now it seems, though, as though they are going to start cooling down, which is something you don't want to see because it really looked like. Uh, they were outperforming who they were this year. And now they're getting to the point where they're hitting that wall and they don't have enough to give. So we will see what happens with them. But they had a, a very bad loss, 8-1 to one to the Tigers yesterday. Um, they lost two out of three games of this series. Um, on Tuesday, they had lost 4-2 to them. On Wednesday, they beat them 4-1. to one, But Still not good. You shouldn't be losing to the Tigers like that. You shouldn't be allowing the Tigers to take two out of the three. And then against the Rays in that series, they got swept seven to three, nine to five, and three to two. And then you look at the series with the Blue Jays, and they took um, they took a few from the Blue Jays, but they lost 13 to one, and then they lost four to one. And the two games that they won, they won four to one and five to four. Um, but this team, they're, they're going to start hitting this wall. I mean, coming up now, they have a whole other series with the Blue Jays, Blue Jays which will be four games. They, then they have a three-game series with the Rays. And then they have a three-game series with the Orioles, which if they don't take a, if they don't sweep the Orioles and, and find themselves again, they're in trouble. Like the Orioles are a team who are absolutely garbage this year. 
you should be able to sweep them in three. And then after that Orioles Caesar, um, series, you're going back, and they will be playing the New York Yankees for three games. Oh, which will be tough with the addition of Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo. Um, Anthony Rizzo, who has been hot since getting to New York. I mean, in his debut, he had an absolute bomb for them. Um, but this 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 team has to find themselves again. They are going to be in a tough, tough spot heading into September. I mean, th- this month is so crucial for them in the in the in the race right now. Um, just to look at the standings. The Red Sox are a game and a half behind the Rays currently, which is very tough. And again, they are three and seven in their last 10. They have to get on a roll again. They have to turn it around. They have to get in on a two or three game win streak, allow themselves to get hot again, because there's a lot of time left to give. There's a lot of games left. The Yankees are only four games behind them. The Blue Jays are five games behind them. I'm not really worried about the Blue Jays. I'm worried about the Yankees catching up to the Sox at this point. The Yankees could easily, easily go on a a big winning streak uh, with the additions that they have. The Sox just have to stay ahead. They have to find a way to keep winning games. They have to find a way not to keep dropping series. And go on losing streaks. It's it's going to be tough for them. This month of August, it's going to be a grind for them. And going into September, it's going to be an even bigger grind. And like I said last week on the episode, back in the day, the Red Sox are historically known for having a great season and then by the end of it crashing and not making the playoffs or struggling in the playoffs. They can't allow that to happen. They can't. With this team, I feel as though they're way too good. I feel as though with Chris Sale coming back, they're going to get be getting that arm that they have desperately needed this season um, to add for the second half of the season. They're just going to have to stay hot. They're going to have to or find a way to get hot again. They're obviously not hot right now. They are, <laughs> they're down pretty bad right now. But they're going to have to turn it around. I mean, the Rays in their last 10 games have gone 5-5. Five and five. The Yankees in their last 10 are 8-2. and two. The Blue Jays in their last 10 are 8-2. and two. And the Orioles in their last 10 are 5-5. Five and five. So the Red Sox in the last 10, they are the worst of the AL East. They need to turn that around immediately or they are screwed. They're absolutely screwed because the Yankees and Blue Jays are going to keep playing well. And if the Red Sox are going to keep playing bad, they're screwed. They're going to fall behind, and that's it for the season. A team who has been outperforming this season needs to continue that run, and they need to just stay ahead of the pack. But to move on, just a quick rundown of the Patriots training camp. A lot going on there with Cam Newton and and Mac Jones. The QB competition is heating up. Um, I still believe Cam Newton is going to be, be the starter day one. Uh, there was a quote taken out of context last week from what Bill Belichick said. He said in a quote that Cam Newton is our starting quarterback, but yet outside of that quote, he was talking about how there is still competition at the QB position. 
So Mac Jones and Cam Newton have been putting in a lot of work. They've had some really good days. They've had some mishaps. But I believe the team that Cam Newton has around him right now, he's finally getting that chance that he really didn't get in this Patriots system last year. He came in very late into the offseason. Right off, right off, excuse me there, right off of shoulder surgery. Wasn't really given a chance to, you know, find out about his team, learn with his team, learn his teammates, their play styles, um, their little nicks here and there. You know, like Cam Newton wasn't really given a legitimate shot last year um, to be successful with this team. And considering how they ended, I mean, they could have been a lot worse. And a lot of those games, if Cam Newton wasn't running the ball the way he was, they were going to lose those games. So really games where Cam Newton was playing bad, he was actually helping the team win. This year, with a brand new offseason, fresh start, you got guys like Hunter Henry and John New Smith. You also had the addition of Nelson Aguilar. You got a speed demon in Marvin Hall, who out of his routes looks absolutely great. He looks great. Looks like he's so quick out of it. There's guys on this team. We have speed at the wide receiver position. Cam Newton can still throw the ball out there. Still has the deep ball. And with guys who can get separation like Aguilar and a guy like Marvin Hall, who, who is speed, it's going to be a different story this year for the Patriots. Last year, they could not get separation. Everyone wanted to blame Cam Newton for the lack of wide, the lack of connection at the wide receiver position between Cam Newton and the wide receivers. It wasn't all him. There was a lot of guys last year who could not get separation, especially a guy like Nikhil Harry, who could not get even a centimeter away from the defensive backs. It's going to be a different story this year. Cam Newton is not going to have to throw the ball into the ground all the time. There was throws last year where Cam Newton was throwing ducks, but I still know I still know Cam Newton has something to give. It's going to be a completely different story. There's no doubt in my mind. And with Cam Newton's play style being a dual threat that he is, I'm hoping that he can still put up big yards with his legs, but I'm hoping that he can really put up big yards this year with his arm. If he can play like he did in the first two games last season before he got hit with the COVID, uh, the, the COVID situation, who's to say wh- who's to stop the Patriots? I mean, he played great in those first two games. Played great. If he can do that for a full season, the Patriots are going to be in a great position to be a good playoff team. Not going to say they're going to be the one seed. Not going to say they're going to be the two seed. But they can be a solid playoff team. And they can make a lot of noise in the playoffs. Also with Bill Belichick, who loves, loves Cam Newton, and a guy like Josh McDaniels, now being able to work with Cam this whole offseason. And Bill Belichick being able to create the defense that he knows can win games if the offense isn't producing. The Patriots are back. The Patriots are back. And they're not going to be like the Tom Brady Patriots who are going to run the table, go like 12-4, and 
you know, what, what, what Tom Brady was capable of, of winning like 11 games in a row, it's not going to be that. I'm not saying it's going to be that, but I'm saying the Patriots are going to be competitive this year. There's no doubt in my mind. And again, like Cam Newton wasn't given a legitimate shot last year to show that he has still, still has something to give. A lot of people are counting him out. Don't count Cam out. Do not. Do not count out a guy like Cam Newton who has the mentality that he has not to give up and still believes in himself. Do not count that out. And I honestly love that Cam Newton was the first guy to come in after Tom Brady because he is still continuing to bring that Patriot mentality to New England. A winner. A guy who believes in himself and believes in the ones around him and believes in the product of this team. If you don't believe in this team this year, then I'm sorry. If you believe they're going to be ass, then that's on you. But when the Patriots turn up this year, they're winning a good 10 or 11 games. Don't come on the bandwagon. Do not. I believe in this team. I believe in Bill Belichick's ability and what he has built on the defensive side that this team is going to win a lot of games. Again, they're not going to be the juggernaut of the NFL, but they are going to be that higher up middle of the pack team. They are going to be in the top half of this league. And if they are not, I will come back and gladly say that I was wrong. But I am sorry for believing in what Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, with a guy like Cam Newton and what they can do. Patricia coming back on the defensive end. I mean, Matt Patricia... (laughs) Not really a fan favorite in Detroit anymore, considering how he did coaching there. But bring him back to the Pats. You still have Josh McDaniels. You have a lot of characters on this Patriots team and a lot of guys who want to win and who want to bring that that winning, that winning culture back to New England. I'm excited for this Pats season. Training camp has been going well. Mac Jones looking good. Cam Newton looking good. A lot of guys looking good. I'm excited for the rookies. I'm excited for the new additions of this team. And I'm excited to watch the Patriots go back at it and fight again this year. But not really much again. Again, I just wanted to give a quick update. It is my mistake for not having a guest on here once again because I got lazy and I got caught up with work and everything like that. But I need to get away from the excuses and just get back to consistency. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get back to doing the show consistently um, and putting out good quality content for you guys. This is something that I truly believe in can be, again, like I've said it all this time for over a year since I started this show. I truly believe I can turn this into something big. It just is based on me and what I am able to bring to the table for you guys. And what I am able to produce. So guys, again, I really appreciate you. Appreciate you. I'm sorry. My words have been all over the place this episode. I've been stumbling over my words. So you know what? Deal with it. Um, but I appreciate you guys for stepping into my world once again, listening to what I have to say. Um, 
and really just giving an update on Boston sports. I will be getting back to interviews. I will be having guests step into the world again. Um, I'm really just in that stage where I'm just trying to find uh, my schedule again and become consistent with the show again. So if you're listening to the show right now, I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking it out time out of your day to listen to this. And I promise you, I will be getting back into my bag with Sheehan's world and getting it going again and giving you guys the best content possible. But thank you guys for yet again, stepping into the world. I will see you again next week. Again, I'm getting consistent with this again, so I will not let myself fall behind. So thank you guys. I appreciate you. Love you all. Peace out. Have a great weekend. Go Pats, go Celtics, go Sox, go the world. (laughs) Go everyone, baby. All right. Peace out, guys.